My name is Lisa Chen, and I am the host of Behold Her, a monthly podcast all about women in the world of tabletop. Right now, you're listening to Redemption. Dungeon Craft is a new book filled with cutout game pieces that let you create an engaging world for your next campaign. Put down your marker and use the pieces from the book to craft your world in real time. Dungeon Craft provides rivers, trees, caves, building, hordes of monsters, dragons, chests, spiritual weapons, and so much more. Simply cut out the thousand plus terrain pieces that are in the book and place it on a map. Unlike 3D terrain, Dungeon Craft doesn't require much storage space. When you receive a copy of Dungeon Craft, all the terrain pieces come in a spiral book. Simply cut out the pieces you need, all the pieces can easily be stored in a binder. The whole book can fit neatly into a backpack for the on-the-go Dungeon Master. Also available are the Hell or High Water Companion books. These two companion books were made to be used with Wizards of the Coast two newest books, Ghosts of Saltmarsh and Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. For more info on Dungeon Craft and to pledge for your copy, go to www.1985games.com. This is Redemption, an actual play podcast set in the Star Wars role-playing game system. With Chris Burlew as the GM and also the droid R3A1. Why are you looking at me like that? Andy Fox as the mysterious Duros Isla Zarla. Uh, I do know a lot of torture methods that do work on droids. Kaylee Jung as the Twi'lek Jedi Knight Corel. This is going to get really confusing if we have to combine them. And Michael Waldschlager II as the Duros pilot Tazi. I just made calf and wiped your forehead. Episode 505, An Accounting. Now that the crew has a story of what happened to A1, they must find out what the fake A1 knows and what danger it represents. Also, Corel must report back to the Jedi Temple to report on her last mission. How will they find out what nefarious purpose their fake droid was up to? And how will Corel handle a very unusual interrogation? Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Raze? Master Raze? Yeah, you remember the guy that... The guy who interviewed us on the platform above Kashyyyk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Jedi. The one who gave us the mission and then vanished. Yes, right. we never heard from him again. Right. But no one appeared to ever hear from him again. He's now on the wheel, undercover? Yeah, yeah. Technically, he's not there. Are you sure he's undercover and hasn't just gone bad? Well, I mean, he just helped Day One and those two, the two other people, so... But he could be trying to trick us into thinking he's still good. No, I don't. I don't well, think I mean, that's I, likely. No, he used a fake name, and they, I'm, I'm they, not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's not possible. But let's just let's let's keep that. To keep the, you I know, can we ask, don't know. I can ask Master Thal about it later. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um. Raise. Wow. That is. That is. Uh, that's crazy. So, what mission did he give you? Said that he gave you a mission and then disappeared. Um, yeah, it, it was like right after we kind of got all together. It was like a month later, actually. Right, we, right. we had it, just gotten the ship back. We were kind of like... We dropped dro- off the Wookiees. We dropped off the Wookiee slaves. he wanted to know the Wookie what slaves. we were doing. Yeah. Remember the Wookiees? I, 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 I told you about this. It was like kind of like how we got together, how the Carlitz thing, like the crew, kind of how we all got yes, together. Yes, but you never told me what happened to Master Ray. Well, it's because we didn't no. know. Yeah, we... And when we came back, I forgot Thaw his was there. name. I don't have the best short-term memory. You don't have the best long-term memory. I know. Needless, it's okay. Needless to say, thank you, A1, for that riveting tale. 
You're and welcome. now apparently Ray's is still a thing. He's still around, and he just helped Day One get back to us. Well, that's good, I well, guess. Yeah. Then we have two things to do. A one, would you please look at D four and clean up whatever code the fake A one is? It fake A one or false A one? Which one are we kind of going with? Fake one. Jerk. Fake one. I like. I like. You know, jerk dome. Jerk dome. Yeah, I kind of like that. And, okay, fake one. Are we ha- okay? Well, we're but again, well, we got to keep keep this in mind. Okay, I know we can all be very upset at the fake A one, but the fake A one might not have realized that he was a fake. We'll find that out shortly, but let's clean D4 up so we know what's going on. Uh, A1 rolls over and plugs into the back of D4's head. Uh, I'm going to flip over one of these light side just because it's going to be a pretty tough one, and he's going to spend a couple of strain to upgrade some dice. It's an interesting result. Uh, so I have a triumph, a success, a despair, and three threats. So a- A1's spinning along with the computer stuff. Curl's kind of keep, like, paying attention, keeping an eye on the process. You see D4's eyes light up, and for a second he reaches out and grabs a hold of Corel's clothes with two arms. The other two arms start to reach up towards her throat, and then all of a sudden his arms and body just go completely limp, and we see a few little sparks, and then A1 unplugs and shakes his dome, and I got the code out. What was that? Yeah, what happened? What was what? Um, it, uh, D4 tried to, well, it looked like he was going to strangle Corel. And he tore my outfit. Yeah, D4, D4, what's going on? No response from this, D4. I don't know what. Then he looks over you. Captain, what is going on? I am unable to stand up. This is coming from A1. Oh, Kirk. Oh, no. My arms do not seem to be able to push off the ground and A1 I'm really or D4 I'm really sorry about this and she reaches over and deactivates the A1 droid hmm. oh okay boy. this isn't good um, um she runs over to A1's workbench grabs a couple cables Corel is there anything we can do to help um I mean Isla might be better at helping than me but uh I mean yeah I can I can help probably well I need to run some deep level diagnostics I have a theory that somehow D4's code had a self-defense mechanism and somehow jumped to A1, but if it overtook A1's code, uh, it's uh, it's a whole thing. Uh-oh. Yeah, that sounds complicated. What can I... If, you know, I, Do you oh. need me to bring you a drink? Oh, no. Hang, grab A1's last backup. You know where he keeps it, right? I think so. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I think I remember where he keeps it. Go check it. it. I need I'll to go. find out what the last date stamp was, because if this A1's overwritten that... And we need to restore A1 from backup, then we're going to restore the murder A1. Uh, let me go. Oh uh, you know God. what? I'll just go oh, look. Oh, Kirk, this let is me go look, and, uh, and I'll be right back. Okay? Okay. You open the panel up. Uh, there's no memory bank in there. Um, Corel? Y- yeah. D- um, just so, put it on the workbench, and I'll, no, no, I'll look uh, at the t- timestamps here there's a bit. There's nothing to put on the workbench. What? Corel runs over, and, and, and they're both like staring the into an open panel. Yeah. Um, what? There's nothing in here. That's not good. Oh, no. Um, Would so fake one have done something with it? Quite possibly, this, yes. If his backup is missing. The only backup I have him is, like, from back when he put his vocorder quarter in. Did anyone, have, did anyone have surveillance on this room? He probably did, but the fake one would have had it, too. But would the fake one, would the fake one have known about it before he did, before this was removed? Uh, I would imagine. 
If he knew everything A1 did, he would have known. But what I'm saying is I think the back I think the backup was needed to make the fake A1. So how would the backup have gotten Zeke? Yeah, that's a good thought. But I mean, Zeke wouldn't have known about surveillance. But the fake A... Hmm. I can check. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to get into the ship's system and just going to run a search for any activity near this wall over the past year. You're nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, look, if you see here, A1 goes here every day, every day, every day, and then there's nothing. But when A, when A1 stops coming here is when the fake A1 should have taken over. Right, but there's no more record of anyone accessing this panel. That's what I'm saying. So, so it's been erased. So either the record's been erased or our, the fake A1 wasn't backing himself up. Well, But somebody like had to A1. have taken the backup, and there's no record of it, so it had to have been erased. <sighs> Let me take a look at A, A1D4. This is going to get really confusing if we have to combine them. Let me see what I can find out. Uh, I'll help if I can. I'll go make some calf. Thanks. Let's take a look. Okay. Hard computers check. So I have two failures, a triumph, and two advantages. Okay. So I can't tell what caused it. Right. But what you can tell with the triumph is both droids' memories are in A1's chassis. Cool. Okay. He hasn't been overwritten. They're both just taking up the same chassis. But you can also tell that that means just over 99% of his memory is full. Right. So there is a chance if you leave them in there together too long, they will start erasing old right. memories. As long as we don't turn them back on, we got a little time. Okay, so what seemed to... Oh, thank you, Tazi. This is good. Good, good. Sorry. It looks like that somehow D4's personality module has jumped into A1's chassis, so they're kind of fighting for resources. Well, let's just take D4 out of A1. We can do that. I need to do some repairs on D4. He's got a couple of memory crystals that are yeah, a little cracked. We need to kind of look at those. However, if you can start doing complete backup of A1D4, both their modules, both their personalities, let's get a fresh backup of that in case something goes horribly wrong. Because, you know, how things happen. Okay. And then we should be able to move everything back and we'll try and see what happens. Okay, I can do that. All right, so we'll start with Isla. Roll a computer's check. I'm going to flip over dark side because I have an idea and we'll see what happens. So it's going to be a red and a purple. Tazi's spending this time, like, he's holding calf, he's, like, carrying a cup, and he's, like, pacing around behind everybody, trying not to be in the way, but you can tell he's, like, he's hovering like a concerned parent. So Isla begins to try to create a backup of of A1 and D4. I ended up with four advantages and two failures. Okay. You were able to create one large backup, but they're still merged together. Uh, Carell, I, yeah. I made a backup. I made a backup. That's good. It's still one backup, um, but there is a backup now. Okay, but we couldn't... You couldn't do two backups and get like each piece. No, I couldn't. I couldn't separate them. Okay, well, then wait, you wait, couldn't separate them. Well, they're both they're both taking up the same drive space. Okay, so it that doesn't sound good. No, it's not good, and we that's why we can't turn A one back on right now because anything his memory capacity is at limit right now. So any memories that he gets now as the conjoined. A1D4, for lack of a better term, will overwrite other things. We need to get them separate so A1 has more memory. Okay, can we... They're like conjoined twins right now. Well, here's a question. Can we use the backup you just made and, like, work on them in the Kralitz Fang? 
we could, but like, I don't. I want to make sure that the code is clean, and I don't want the ship becoming murderous towards us. That would be bad. Do you really want a D four Kralitz Fang? I'm just. I'm just saying. I don't know if that makes it easier or harder. You know, to separate them. I, I was hoping we could get two separate backups, and that would be easier in case of an emergency. Sorry. But once I get no, it's a, it's it's a mess, and A one's our primary slicer. We shouldn't. You know, unfortunately, this happened to him. So. All right, I think I got this. Isla, I'm going to start reintegrating D4 into his chassis. Can you keep an eye on his processor load to make sure we don't overheat him? I can do that. Okay, great. All right, Tazi, keep your fingers crossed. Um, uh, Which ones? All of them. Any? All of them? That, that, he's going to fall over if he does I can't, that. I can't, I can't hold this cup of caffeine and, and, and uh, All right, cross my Tazi, fingers like that Tazi, wish us luck. Okay. Um, good luck. There we go. Good luck. What's the difficulty on this, Chris? Uh, I'll just... The three threats that A1 rolled, we'll just make it uh, that the difficulty. So a hard check. Tazi walks over by A1's chassis and kind of like just puts his hand on the dome. I'm going to spend a light side point to give myself a bonus yellow die here because that green will become a yellow. So three successes and four threats. Okay. So there's like a little montage of Corel, you know, typing away on her pad. You know, Isla's over there looking at load monitors and everything like that. They could f- cut back to Corel, and she like wipes the sweat off her forehead, and it, you know, then it cuts to Tazi handing Isla calf, and then it- there's, a, there's a shot of Tazi blotting Corel's forehead, then blotting Isla's forehead, then blotting his own forehead. Yes. And then he tries to blot a one's dome, and he just smears like the smears the dome a little bit. And it's obviously a couple hours have passed at this point when Corel sits back and just kind of bl- blinks. Okay, I'm gonna start with. D4. Hang on a second. Is like watch his load and I need you to shut him down in software. If, if this- he goes murdery, I'll I'll switch him off. And crawl powers D4 back up. D4's eyes blink off and then blink on and then you just hear him. I have entered the room. Yeah, if- D4, we do, we know, we know. Wait, wait. Are you okay? Try and move your left front forearm. Raises his arm. Okay, run a diagnostic on yourself. Are you fully operational? See him kind of pause. Everything seems to be operational. Okay, what is the last thing you remember? I was laying on a conveyor belt, heading towards a bright light. Okay. And now I'm on this table. You can get up now. I think you're going to be fine. Okay, yeah. D4 seems fine. Cool. Thanks. Welcome uh, welcome back, D4. I'll go over this in a minute, because I'm going to have to tell A1 what happened, and I don't want to really do it twice. So give me a minute. I'll be back to you. D4, why don't you go ahead and plug in and, and get recharge? Just keep been, your oral receptors on so you're paying attention. It's been a long day. He walks over and plugs in and stands in the corner. All right. Quiet, I'm going to... Quietly. I'm going to clear off D4's files from A1 and then bring him back online. All right. That makes sense. So you see Corral kind of working on her data pad, and then she's like, oh, Kark, there's... That data is really melded in there. I think I got it all, but... All right. Hold on. This could get a little weird. And she reaches over and turns A1's power back on. I have entered the room. Oh, Kirk. Oh, no. Why am I saying this? Wait, what? 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 A A1? What? Are you okay? Why are you looking at me like that? Okay, there's there's some echoes that I couldn't get out. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we can... What echoes? Echoes we can deal with, What's the last thing you remember? You were carrying D4 and jerk there off the... Okay. Oh, and then I went to go... Help D4 with whatever is going on in his head. Yes. Something happened there, and you guys got um, blended. 
somehow his personality profile tried to use up all your free memory. It got a little hairy at the point because you almost crashed. Uh, he has now been removed. However, there was a, some commingling of your personality softwares. There may be a couple D4 Echoes uh, somewhere in there that I couldn't get rid of. Maybe you can look at it later. However, um, so that's what happened, D4. I uh, hope you're okay now at this point. We got him back in his chassis. He's been upgraded a little bit, too, because when you did that, you blew some circuits. I think I covered it all, didn't I? I think you did great, Corral. I just made calf and wiped your forehead, so I mean, I, I, I don't really know oh, what you did. and we need to take a fresh backup of you, too, because I think Zeke stole your backup to make the fake A1, because it isn't there where it should be. Yeah, your backup is missing from the panel, from the compartment behind the panel. You see A1 just pop his hand out, picks up a spanner, and just throws it across the room. He learned that from me. Oh. Do you feel better? A little bit. If you need to do it again, go ahead. How are you feeling? Uh, I mean, I, I'm i glad you're back. I'm really glad you're back. Me too. And don't worry about the D4 Echoes thing. Those will, You'll work those out. They're, they'll go away. If you do anything really weird, I'll let you know. All right, Captain, I appreciate that. Yeah, like that. that the Captain thing, that's a D4 Echo. So just, you know. Got it. So now what? So um, now we, uh, I guess we should probably check in on, uh, on Nessa. She'll call if she gets into trouble. I think we're okay. Are you sure? I'm just, I'm worried. That's all. I mean, I'm, I don't know why. I'm just, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about everything right now. I don't, I'm just, I'm in a state. I don't know what it is. I'm just. It's okay. I need to actually go for a little bit. Go. Can you guys work with A1 to maybe yes. see if we can get a dump of the fake A1s? I need to report to Master Thal about, you know, the whole Lana Bahal thing and the kids and everything. I promised him I would be there an hour ago, and I'm late, so I need to go take care of this, kind of do the debriefing thing. I'll be back in maybe two hours. Can you guys... That should be oh. fine. That'll probably give us plenty of time. What do you think, Isla? Do we have... Do that? Will that be enough time to get the backups? I mean, yeah, let, we'll, we'll back up him, and I don't know. What are we going to do with the fake A1? We, we should probably back up D4 also. Just yeah, get backups of all three of them and separate them. Don't use the okay. Don't use congruent systems. Okay, I don't. Not sure what you mean by that, but I'm sure Isla does. No, I got, I got it, Tazi. Okay. Okay, I'll be back as soon as I can, and Carl heads off the ship. Right. So, um, if uh, I guess we should get the backups, but we also need to kind of dig into this fake A4 or day A1 fake, the fake A1. We need to dig into the fake A1 a little bit. See I mean, what happened. normal interrogation tactics don't work well on droids. However, no. uh, I do know a lot of torture methods that do work on droids. I don't know that we'll need to torture him. Oh, I'm just saying I don't. I just don't know if we'll need to. I mean, it may just because we can probably leave him offline and let A1 and even maybe D4 kind of go back into the back end of the programming. Before we do that, we should probably make a backup of the fake A1 so that we have the data to draw from. We might, if we do the backup, we might be able to just look at the backup and not even power him back on. Yes, but let's do the backup on a separate drive, just in case. Oh yeah, no, definitely. We should keep, I mean, the backup for the fake A1, Yeah. we should keep that isolated from any of the ship systems. It's, it's. Yeah, we, we don't want. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that on like a portable piece of media, something. And we'll disable his communication. What do you think, A1? Sure, we can get portable hard drives. I mean, you know, you probably know the best way to do this. I mean, he is basically the same model as you. You're better, but he's probably close to the same model. Yeah, he's an R3 unit. So, I guess, uh, Isla, if you want to give A1 a hand. 
I'll uh, make some more calf. Yeah, let's let's do that separate for the fake one, and then D4 and A1, and no droid torture. No droid torture, yeah. And, and again, I, I'll let you and A1 can work on the backups. Yeah, I'll I'll go uh, I'll go check some things on the ship and make some more calf for for you. And A1, do you need anything, little buddy? Nope, I'm good. You want me to go grab that spanner you threw? I don't need that yet. All right, um, I'm. I'll uh, I'll just I'll I'll go make myself busy. Okay, we see a little montage of A1 and Isla building little portable hard drives to download things onto. Tazi's in the kitchen cleaning up after making the calf, and he tr- you see that he tried to make some cookies and totally blew them. He overbaked them, and they come out like little piles of ash. And you see him dump them into the garbage can. And he's obviously frustrated, and then leaves the seating area and then goes up to the cockpit for a drink. We'll be back with more Redemption right after these messages. Hey, Andy, have you been playing with D&D Beyond? I have been playing with D&D Beyond, especially when I'm playing characters with magic. Uh, Yeah, one of the biggest problems I have is trying to remember what the spells do now that I'm used to, you know, AD&D, 1st edition, 2nd edition, 3rd edition, 4th edition, and now 5th edition. I love my physical player's handbook, don't get me wrong. But mid-game, D&D Beyond is a lifesaver. As a GM, I agree with you. I'm running my group through Storm King's Thunder right now, and I literally will have a tab open with the module, another window open on my display where I can show monsters and maps. They give you player versions of the maps, and I can literally go, you see one of these, and throw a picture up on the monitor for them to see, which makes it easier for me because I don't have to describe everything. And everything's hyperlinked. So if I'm in a module and I click on the monster, I can just open it in a new tab. There's all of its combat stats and everything I need to know about it in one place. Honestly, D&D Beyond is pretty darn amazing, and it works on tablets, too, for characters. dndbeyond.com is the website. This is a great resource, and it is well worth the subscription. And now, back to our show. So, Krell heads off the ship into the Jedi Temple to go meet Master Thal. Wandering through the corridors, she finds the meeting room that they normally meet in, and she walks in. After a few minutes, a silver... TC protocol droid comes in and those are the model that look very similar to C-3PO only this one's entirely silver colored very polished silver and this droid looks silver oh thank you Knight Tarnas I am TC-27 I am going to begin this afternoon's questions uh okay TC uh is Master Thal not joining us I am unaware of who will be here I just have a few questions for you Ah, okay, well... The TC unit sits down at the far end of the table and pulls out a data pad. First, while you were on a Republic cruiser over Ryloth, your ship charged 21,450 credits for ship's repairs under Jedi Sakura. Unfortunately, Jedi Sakura was not there. Could you please explain these charges? Well, let's, let me pull it up. She pulls out her data pad and does some typing. It looks like, mm-hmm, I see here, I don't know where the Jedi Sakura part came of it, but most of that repairing was armor plating and hull plating, uh, and some resupply. As you can see here, the line item over here is for tritium hull plating, uh, and I know it looks like an inordinate amount, but there was some errors in the welding of the original plating that could have caused a rupture, and for safety's sake, we replaced those as well. Droid is typing stuff in the data pad, and as the droid finishes up, the door opens up and walks in. In walks in an 
a very old human female. She's dressed in goldish robes with some intricate designs on the front. She's got silver hair tied in a, in a very tight bun uh, behind her with a couple of sticks holding it still. She's got kind of a, a pleasant smile on her weathered face and looks over at you and says, Ah, I guess I'm the first person here. Good. Corel quickly rises to her feet and nods. Master, Droid TC was here, and he was asking some questions. I assume you are here as well for this questioning? Yes, there should be a couple of us here, I believe. I'm uh, Jocasta New. It is good to meet you. I hope that we will be able to get this over with quickly and without any further delay. Very and well. she'll walk on over and grab a seat. Curl waits to your seat and then sits down. There's, like, silence in the room because, well, Jedi know how to wait like nobody else. After a few seconds, the droid pipes back up. I have more inquiries. Uh, do, con- do continue. Please explain 325,253 credits charged to the Jedi Order while you are on Canto Bight. The Admiralty Package? I do not see any authorized Jedi mission on that planet. Ah, that was unfortunately because we were shanghaied there. Uh, Not really shanghaied. We had a hyperdrive malfunction and were stranded there. And that was the bookings that our droid was able to procure on short notice. Interesting. I will look into that. However, I was under the impression that that was not paid by the Jedi Temple. However, it may have been paid for by an evil version of our ship's droid, Again, have to look into that. As you finish up, the door opens up. So in walks a average build, a brown furred Bothan. Uh, he's got bright green eyes and sort of muted green robes. Um, he looks positively serene. Um, his fur is very um, well-kempt. Uh, it, you know, everything is kind of in its place. And he has his arms crossed in front of him as he just kind of um, almost floats into the room even. He, he doesn't even seem to really be taking steps under his robes that are kind of reaching to the ground. And he nods to Master Nu and then nods to the Jedi in the room and takes a seat. Upon the entrance, Corel again gets to her feet, offers a nod, and then once this new Jedi is seated, she returns to her seat. And he says... I am Master Vig Fador. I have read some of your reports, and I would just like to say that I look forward to hearing uh, you tell your tale. Uh, well, thank you. And he sits. I must ask, is a private dancer part of the Jedi mission on Canto Bight? Which, I will remind you, there was no official mission on Canto Bight. Correct, so you have answered your own question then how am I to justify to the masters the authorization of these expenses? Ah, well, that was simply information gathering for the rescue and reacquisition of Republic uh, Republic citizenry. They were being held as slaves. Hmm. Interesting. And then the door opens and... Corel just stands up immediately. The final Jedi Master that joins you is... A slight figure, and they are, they appear human with tan skin, um, hair kinked up in uh, short 
dreadlocks. There are a few beads and coils in their hair, and you can tell by their dress that they are from the planet Dathomir. And the Jedi Master Ikata will join the group. Now, when they see you, they sort of allow a small curl of the lip, almost a disdainful look, which is rather unbecoming, but happens all the same. Okay. Until they join the rest. Uh, The TC droid looks at the Jedi. Are there more joining us? I don't believe so. I I think this is all of us, correct, Masters? I believe this should be sufficient. Indeed. Let's let's begin. Very well. Who would like to go first? Arcata just sort of sweeps their gaze across the other two masters. Um, you can tell that they are impatient. Corel is just sitting there with her hands folded in front of her, face perfectly calm. Master Fedor is mostly just looking at Corel and kind of smiling idly, waiting for one of the others to begin. Master New notices everybody is waiting for everybody else, and so she will take the initiative and say, Well, we might as well begin where the the, the droid left off. You were talking about citizens who were being held as slaves. And she thumbs through some notes and says... Yes, tell us a little bit more about these these slaves that you had found, and and what was the situation behind your trying to release them? It is kind of a long story. I shall try to summarize. There were a small group of children who had encountered us and were quite... What is a good word for this? They were quite precocious for their age, one of which whom was Force-sensitive, although a little old for the temple... And they basically were slaves and children of slaves. Uh, Upon doing some more inquiry into the matter while we were getting parts for our ship, it turns out that their parents were also slaves. Uh, And then there was a whole gangster element to it. Uh, But the result was uh, being able to get off the planet with them and get them, return them here to the Republic. And would you state for the record, who was the gangster in question? Her name was Jenna Dakar. Mm-hmm. And could you go into more detail about how you actually got these slaves released? Well, originally we were thinking about just taking them, but that eh, that didn't sit very well, so we attempted to purchase them, uh, only to find out that our ship's droid, who is our evil ship's droid, not our current ship's droid, it was an evil clone, had lost most of our money, so we were unable to do that. Then there was a te- an attempt to win a pod race to try and win the money and find that out. We did win that race, actually, but it was not enough money. So then Jenna Dakar offered us a trade of acquiring one of her rivals, uh, and we were unwilling to turn that rival over to her, and we ended up just leaving with the slaves anyway. And her rival. And how many times did you attempt to contact the council before you engaged in gambling and human trafficking? Uh, I did not engage in any sort of gambling. Then it sounds like you did the right thing. Bureaucracy would have simply gotten in the way, and I think we've, we're have we always biased towards bureaucracy when we should be taking more bold action the way you have, Jedi. I am pleased to see that you have taken the initiative so aggressively. If we were going to merely 
steal these slaves as opposed to bartering for them in the first place, then you could have just avoided all of that by doing that. The initial thought was to do that. However, that was relegated to a later plan because it seemed dishonest in a way. And to fully answer your original question, we did let the Jedi Temple know we were having ship difficulties and we were stranded in Cantobite, but I did not call back for every such, you know, small minutiae. Ikata sort of casts a sideways glance and, like, kind of furrows their eyebrows. Small minutiae. Yes. And and so, just so the records are clear, the way you finally acquired these slaves was to simply steal them? In a technical sense, not steal them. We simply loaded them on our ship and flew away. According to Republic law, slaves are illegal, so I could not steal something that was not actually there. It sounds like you freed them. You did not steal them. They are not property. Correct. Is slavery illegal in Cantobite? If it is not illegal, then it sounds as though this was property that was stolen. If you wish to look at it that way, I cannot stop you. I simply believe that their rights as free beings were being violated, and I assisted them. As I would assist- But not their rights as citizens. They were not citizens. They were slaves. You are correct. Thank you. Master, are you putting forth the suggestion that slaves should remain slaves because they had the misfortune of being born slaves that we should not free them when we have the opportunity i am putting forth the fact that we exist to support the republic carol makes a note on her her data pad to send master fedor a thank you card and possibly find out when his birthday is to send gifts we can discuss the legality and the the morality of the laws on on that planet later right right now i'm mostly interested in hearing the simple facts of these missions and so you acquired these slaves in the the way that you have described and uh, where are they now they were given over to temple guardianship upon our arrival here at coruscant yesterday yesterday around the 10th hour i brought them into the temple and master thal had asked some of the temple stewards to find them quarters so unless they've been relocated they should still be in the guest quarters well we can definitely get their deposition later for now i'm i also wanted to ask about some other notes that i had here about this whole incident can you tell me more about lana ball and who this person is Ah, she is a gambler, uh, and she was the target of an eventual torture and assassination by Jenna Dakar. And we brought her back uh, to safeguard her safety. And so you intervened in an assassination attempt. Well, we were actually hired to assassinate her. We were not, of course, going to do it. So, yes, technically, we prevented her assassination. It's not the first time. We do that quite often, it seems. And I'm sorry, may I ask a question in return? Absolutely. Uh, I was asked to to come here by Master Thal. Will he be joining us? Not to my knowledge. I believe it is just uh, those that you see here before you. Very well. Um, There are a few things that about Lana Bahal I may not speak of without his express permission. That seems 
highly irregular. We're here specifically to find out details about these missions that you've been on. And if there are records that are sealed, certainly we should have a high enough clearance to be able to look at them. I agree. I find this most disturbing. I am not sure. Uh, That is unfortunately above my discretion. Uh, Master Thal has simply regarded that they are to be held secret unless he gives me permission, or the Jedi Council gives me permission to speak of them. Master Akata, since you are so concerned with jurisprudence, would you remind me, are these contracts legal on Cantobite? I'm afraid I can't remember every single legality. Uh, Our researcher would have more information as to that. Jocasta? This is definitely not something that we would would ever consider legally binding. It is entrenched in the criminal underworld, for sure. If I may, there was no legal contract to it. In the criminal underground type environs such as this, a person's word is more like, I will do this for you if you do this for me type thing, and then it's a matter of following through to make sure that your reputation stays solid. I I do have more information here on these events that you went on. I I hesitate to call it a a mission. It it was not. As it is not. It does seem from the information that we were given that you did, in fact, take Lana into custody. Is that correct? Upon learning that she was a spy for the Republic and her life was in imminent danger, taking her into custody to bring her back to Coruscant and secure her safety seemed the prudent thing to do. Now, in that event where you took her into custody, it seems like a lot of property was damaged and other people were were injured. Were these uh, innocent bystanders or were these people trying to protect someone? They were her bodyguards. They resisted rather strenuously of us taking their guard from their care because we did not know at the time that she was a Republic person. And we simply used non-lethal force to subdue them and then removed her to a place where we could speak with her. If I may. Yes, please. I just want to be sure that I understand that Lana's status within the Republic did outweigh her freedom in this. Is this correct? Well, when we spoke with her and discovered this, she said that her life would be in danger and she needed to get the information back to the Republic. Of course. Since we were going back to the Republic, it seemed that this was a something guided by the Force. And what would have happened to her had she not been an agent of the Republic? I don't see any reason to make suppositions. The future is always in motion. We were attempting to find information from her, information that Jenna Dakar wanted. She did not have said information. She had information that made us bring her back to the Republic. And if she'd had that information, what would you have done? More than likely, we would have taken that information, as long as it was not damaging to any other beings or Republic security, and provided it to Janna, and gotten the money and the slaves we needed, and proceeded off Cantobite. I see. And Ikata doesn't look smug, but looks satisfied with the answer. So at that, Master Fedor has sort of a a bit of a concerned look and his fur ruffles a bit, and he turns and says, Master Ikata, are we here to 
pursue the hypothetical, or are we here to review the facts of what actually happened? Well, I suppose we can review facts, regardless of the intent that colors them. Well, I think the intent has been clear that if the outcome is any indicator of the intent, then I think the intent is sufficiently clear for my review. Of course, the ends justify the means. Corella's simply sitting there. She has not moved other than to answer questions or to transfer her gaze from one Jedi to the other. The, the notes that I have here on your questioning of, of Lana indicate that this was not just a simple questioning, that this was something much more intense. Can you please be more specific on how exactly you talked with Lana when you took her into your custody? Well, we did do some discussion. She was not very forthcoming. I did influence her feelings with the Force towards a more trusting mindset, but I asked her her questions. I did not force or use torture in any way to get these answers out of her. She simply was unaware of my standing as a member of the Jedi, and therefore was uncomfortable unburdening herself until that bond of trust was formed. So... You were using force techniques when you were uh, questioning her. Correct. Is it trust when it requires coercion? Coercion would have been, please tell me what I want to know or I will shoot your kneecaps. This was simply influencing her emotions into a more calm and centered state so she could think rationally. Well, I think that's a very clever use of the force, and one that I myself have not employed, perhaps at times that it could have been useful. Ikata throws a full-on glare. And continuing forward, I'm a little concerned and, and interested in some of the information that was gleaned from this questioning. I do see that uh, not only did she tell you about her being a Republic agent, but she had other information about uh, an artifact. I'm sorry, did, was there a question there? I'm interested in more details about exactly what she told you about this artifact. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, unfortunately, I'm not allowed to discuss those things without uh, express consent of the council or Master Thal. I apologize. So... The operational security, you understand. So this is specifically what he has decided needs to be kept secret. I am not sure who has access to it, therefore I am not allowed to discuss it. I am, I am very sorry. If you wish to call Master Thal and he gives me permission or a member of the council, I will be happy to answer the questions in full. I suppose we could extend a bond of trust, since we're all on board with that. That would be expedient. Or we could simply ask Master Thal. Well, we should think rationally. I kind of just look satisfied again. Well, if you cannot tell us more information about the questioning and and we need to extend a bond of trust about this artifact, then let's move along. Um, tell us about after you questioned Lana, what happened next? I, I see from my notes here that there was talk of... Uh, using some sort of gas to erase her memory. Is this correct? That was discussed, yes. It was something one of my crew members came up with. Uh, it was discarded out of hand, and we uh, 
just basically contacted the people who we were rescuing. They brought their children and themselves to the ship, and we left at that point. And eventually, um, Jenna Dakar was found dead. Is there no other information that you can give about how that came to be? I am unaware of how that came to be. We did see a report on the Holonet saying that there had been an explosion at her resort. As to whether we originally supposed it possibly wouldn't have been an attack on us, but we are unsure. We had no proof. We had no knowledge, and unfortunately we have no I have no other information to give you on this. I can provide the hollow recordings from Kanto, but if that would help. You are unaware of the calm call made to the uh, droid bounty hunter H1KSA? I was not aware of a calm call to the bounty hunter droid Hixa. However, we did track a calm call off of our ship. Probably, my theory was it was from our evil droid. Should we perhaps take a moment to discuss your continued employment of an evil droid? Uh, we'll see. The thing is, we did not know that he had been replaced by an evil replicant. This is information that I have only gotten in the past two hours. Since then, we have apprehended and detained the evil replicant, and we'll be finding out where he came from in due time. However, I needed to be here for this meeting, so that uh, moment that is on hold. And when were you made aware of this meeting? Uh, Master Thal asked me to come back here uh Yesterday morning, after I brought the children and their parents and Lana Bahal into the temple, he said to return tomorrow at this hour for debriefing. It's very convenient to have found a an evil droid so soon after. Well, to be fair, and not that I've read all of the notes, but the reports that the droid has filed seem to have been very complete. Perhaps more complete even than Corel expected. So we can't fault good work. And to be fair, we didn't actually find the droid. Our actual droid found us. We had the evil droid with us, and he was able to convince us through, well, there was proof that he was the original droid and the evil droid was the evil droid. I would be interested in getting records from both of these droids in order to be able to compare the two and verify anything that uh, that has come through in this meeting. So definitely when... When that happens, I would like to know the, the details. I think any more factual information that we can get on these proceedings would be greatly appreciated. This evil droid is in council custody, that's correct? No, he's currently being held on our ship. Your custody? Well, I see. Yes. He has done our ship the wrong, and he technically is the property of Encentazi, who owns the ship. Ikata's eyes kind of like their eyebrows sort of furrow every time Karel says he evil, like attributes these very uh, anthropomorphic qualities to a droid. And so by the time they have finished this conversation, for the most part, Ikata is just looking at Jocasta and Vig and just like with a sort of like, can you believe this sort of face? Jocasta gives you a, just a very slight nod and then looks back at Corell and says, it would be in everyone's best interest if we were able to examine both of these droids as quickly as possible. Very well. I will have the, the fake A1 and I will ask A1 if he would come and give testimony now if you would like. Masters, is, is this 
necessary. Are, we are here with this fine Jedi to examine her behavior, not the behavior of the droids that she keeps or, or the various machinations of their own plotting. Let somebody else deal with that and, and ensure the verity of their behavior. We have the reports to go on. We have the choices that Corel has made. I think we can make fair judgment. I don't disagree, but some, certainly at a later date, I would like reports on both of these droids to be able to compare and contrast to the details that we have from everybody. But I do agree, we do not need to bring more people into this discussion right now. Ikata looks like they're going to argue, but then thinks better of it and sort of just squares their shoulders and looks back at Corel. Master Fedora's fur is so perfectly pristine at this point. <laughs> He's so pleased that he got this thrown out. This is probably the first time you've seen Jocasta look a little perturbed. So she's going to take a moment and make an angry note and as she tries to calm herself. Uh, Master Nu, if it helps, I can download the information. Uh, I'm sure A1 records everything, so I can have him show you the fight where we rescued him and any sort of interrogation we do. We can record it for your later perusal. I would appreciate that, if only for the sake of thoroughness. I understand. But for now, let us return to the matter at hand, which is uh, questions about your specific conduct. I, I have been leading these proceedings for a while now, and we've gone over most of the, the basics of these events that happened. Uh, Masters, did either of you have any more specific questions you wanted to ask? As I came into the room, there was a question of accounting. Droid perks up. Yes? I am told to go over some charges that were incurred under the Kralitz Fang name. Yes, what was the sum total of these uh, expenses? Carl takes a drink of water. The total is 346,703 credits. Carl stops drinking at that point, and there's like a beat, but her face doesn't change. She just swallows and puts the glass down. And my recollection from your reports suggested perhaps you had acquired an asset that might offset those costs. Uh, there may be, however. Lana Bahal did have a starship. However, we were going to be confiscating it, but since she is a Republic citizen, that is technically her property. I apologize. So then the report that was prepared that suggested you had acquired her ship is incorrect? That is, well, we did acquire it, but it's technically her property. She was in no shape at that time to pilot it. And where is the ship right now? Uh, we are on docking bay 10, so it is on 11. It's the very shiny Nubian ship. You cannot miss it. Very tight security, however. And just to be clear, we will not be able to liquidate it to offset the cost of this non-mission. That would be up to Miss Bahal. If she wishes to deed it over to the Jedi in thanks for her rescue, it may be a Republic asset already. I am unsure. That seems unlikely. If I may, Masters, Master Thal has already given me orders to discuss with the crew of the Kralitz Fang myself joining the crew as they work off this debt. If that satisfies the three of you. I'd see no reason that to, to object to this plan. Will your purpose be to ensure that the accounting stays correct? I'm, I'm very perturbed by this. I'm, I must be honest. I, I think the work that you have done 
as a young Jedi is is fantastic. The initiative you've shown uh, is exemplary. And yet, this matter just, I cannot overlook it. Well, as I mentioned, I don't remember if you were in the room or not, but I was speaking to the droid. The charges that were discovered there were quite exorbitant, and I did not know or authorize them to be charged to the Jedi. That was done by our evil droid, unfortunately. I have records showing that that was his doing. Records which we will be obtaining after this meeting. Indeed. The records I have have your signature on them, Knight Tarnas. It is all authorized by you through the Jedi Temple. And he holds a data pad up. That is under my account. That is not, however, my actual signature. As we all know... Jedi are usually assigned droids to assist them in the field with such minutia as paperwork and accounting, because droids, for the most part, are relatively incorruptible and incapable of playing with numbers, if we shall make it uh, be a little gentle about this. So I was unaware that my droid that I trusted to handle these transactions was doing it against the Jedi account. I was under the impression this was being handled by the ship's account. Very well. Then I will make it my duty to also teach the crew efficiency and paperwork checking to make sure that they are not stuck in a similar situation later. You'll want to speak with R3A1. He handles all of the paperwork. As long as you are with this crew, and the crew is willing to help you in future missions that that will be required of you as a Jedi, then I believe that this debt can be helped along to be forgiven. Certainly, we don't want you having to find other means of of paying this off, no matter what we find with these droids. In fact, I, I may have something for you to be doing shortly myself, if we are about done here. And she'll look over at the other two masters. Ikata's clearly grinding their teeth. They do meet Jocasta's gaze, and very well, I suppose we are satisfied. And Master Fedor, he's he's kind of eyeing Corel in a way that sort of looks like he's got leverage, right? Like the the he's a Jedi, but he's also a Bothan, and like knowing that he has Corel sort of on the hook here um, for a lot of money, like it would have been great if it had all worked out, but knowing that he has her on the hook now is almost more pleasant for him and and again his fur is just pristine uh in this moment well if if that is the case and we are satisfied with the answers that we've received for the moment um i I would like a moment to speak with my my fellow masters if, if you would so mind if that is all i will return to my ship and send you that information as soon as i have it master new and we will be contacting you shortly. Thank you. Do you need me to stay, wait outside, or will you just... I think that would be wise. Uh, yes, if you could please wait outside for just a moment while we do some final deliberations. That would that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. And she'll give you a, a little gentle smile. Carl stands and bows to the ma- assembled masters and walks out of the room, waits outside. Droid, actually, as Carl stands up, Starts to stand up and then looks over at Master New. Should I stay or? Uh, why don't you join Corel for the moment so that we can 
discuss a few matters and we'll be out shortly. Very well. And the droid gets up and walks out with Corel. And the camera stays in the room with the three Jedi. As soon as the doors close, Jocasta turns to the two of you and says, I'm concerned about this mask that they have learned about, and I feel like not pursuing this lead is incredibly unwise. I think the important question here is whether the young knight is capable of not just finding the mask, I have every confidence in that, but of ensuring that it is brought back safely, that she does not succumb to the mask. This is definitely a concern, but it is something that would definitely test her and her companions. If any of them are tempted, they will quickly succumb to the the power behind that mask. We must be ready, but it will be a test I think she must be given. I don't know. I think I might have some faith in her. She's certainly proven a talent for the unorthodox, and she can keep a secret. I do agree. I was... While I was personally slightly annoyed to be unable to get those questions answered, I do appreciate that she kept her word and her secrecy, and going after this mask is definitely going to need those qualities. Unless, of course, it is not indeed the the real object. Perhaps it is yet another hoax, and this is all for nothing. It's best to be prepared. If it really is the mask of Darth Nihilus, then we'd much rather keep it as serious as possible. And if it ends up being another hoax, then so be it, and we will continue to look. So then, masters, are we agreed? We should send Corel to Bunta to recover the mask of Darth Nihilus? I agree. I agree. I think she's ready. Then it is unanimous. Jocasta will rise then and say, very well, let's uh, go let her know about this new mission. And she'll walk outside and I assume find you and the droid standing there awkwardly. Corella's standing basically two paces outside the door, kind of just staring off into space. It's the normal Jedi look of just she's in her own thoughts. And when she hears the door, she just calmly turns and looks at you. And there's no one else in the, the hallway, right? Except the droid. Except the droid. Who's Corel's like violently ignoring. Yeah. And he's over there typing on a data pad. Well, if I can teach them how to lower fuel costs, we could recover money this way. Thank you for your patience. We have an urgent matter that we would like to send you on regarding the mask that you discovered. It is very important that we track this relic down. Uh, We believe that you will be able to find it on Bunta, and I believe that this would go a long way towards forgiving this debt that you have acquired. Corel looks a little startled that it's being discussed out in the hallway of the Jedi Temple. So she simply just nods. Very well, we shall leave in the morning. Uh, we, I believe refueling is scheduled to be underway at 20 hundred hours. We will lay in supplies and go at that time. And Master Ikata, I'm sure you'll be happy to know that I will be double-checking my droid's work from now on just to make sure that he isn't replaced by an evil doppelganger again. My apologies for the inconvenience. 
Akata pointedly looks away. See that it's done. Very well. Thank you, Masters. And Corel turns and just walks off. May the force be with you. She stops and turns back, nodding to Master Fedor, just a hint of a smile. And with you, Master. And then she leaves. And the three Jedi watch Corel walk towards the Krellet's Fang, followed right behind her by TC-27. The camera follows them, and Corel gets onto a lift and hits the door close button just before the droid gets on board. How rude. Want to learn how to game master, world build, run combat, design games, and more from the pros? Check out the multiple any winning Kobold guides over at koboldpress.com. Each guide covers a broad topic and includes advice from multiple industry pros like Keith Baker, Shana Germain, Wolfgang Bauer, Margaret Weiss, Rob Schwab, and many, many more. There's a Kobold's guide for almost every topic magic, plots and campaigns, even board game design. Each tome is chock full of advice valuable to newcomers and veteran gamers alike. Find out more at koboldpress.com and pick up the book that's right for you. This episode's patron is Danny Neary. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. I'm not calling her Mom. Hey there, everyone. This is Kaylee. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a new review we got from Technoscald. They say that they recently started listening since we joined Don't Split the Podcast Network and has me hooked. It sounds less like an RPG actual play and more like an audio drama. Although once in a while you can hear a game mechanic mentioned. It's just a fun Star Wars story and I'm glad to be on board with it now. Well, Technoscald, we're happy to have you with us for the ride and I hope you enjoy today's episode and the rest of season five. Thank you very much. Hey, if you want your review featured on the show, just leave us a review on Google Play or Apple Podcasts, and we'll feature it in a future episode. Thanks. Is this uh, is this thing on? Is this the, hello? Oh, okay. Um, this new com console is complicated. Sorry, I don't. The red light means it's okay. Redemption is played using the Star Wars role playing system by Fantasy Flight Games and Lucas Books. You can follow the crew on Twitter at RedemptionPod or check out the Holonet page, A1 Setup for us at RedemptionPodcast.com. If you're enjoying our adventures, please leave a review for us in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your podcatcher of choice. If you'd like to support the crew and you don't have a cargo run for us, you can always go to Patreon.com slash Redemption and throw some credits our way there. Patrons get outtakes, help create NPCs for us, and get to play with us on occasion as well. Okay, that's all it. That's all I gotta say. Oh, um, thank you, thank you for listening. I, uh, I'm gonna stop this now. How do I? How do I stop it? A one. How do I stop this? A one.